السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمد ونصلی علی رسوله الكریم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رب اشرح لي صدری ویسر لي امری واحلل عقدتا من لسانی یفقه قولی ربنا زدنا علما ان شاء الله گو اوور دی لاسٹ باب اف کتاب الایمان اگین اوکے ان شاء الله باب چاپٹر قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم the statement of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم الدين النصيحه دين religion is well wishing well wishing for who لله for الله ولرسوله and also for his messenger ولائمه المسلمين and for the leaders of the muslims وعامتهم and also the common muslims or their masses so in other words well wishing for who all of the muslims this bab Imam Bukhari gives it the chapter heading by mentioning the hadith. Which hadith? Which is mentioned over here that ad-dinu al-nasiha. However, in the bab, he doesn't actually mention the hadith. There are two hadith that are mentioned under this chapter heading and neither of these are the one that is mentioned in the chapter heading. Why is it so that Imam Bukhari just referred to it and he did not actually mention it? Because he used it as a heading but this hadith it does not meet the strict conditions of imam bukhari meaning the strict conditions of authenticity it has been recorded by imam muslim which shows that this hadith is not weak it is definitely authentic however it does not meet the strict criteria of imam bukhari which is why he did not mention the hadith however he referred to it he used it as a chapter heading wa qawlihi ta'ala and the statement of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala idha nasahu lillahi wa rasulihi when as long as they are well wishing sincere to allah and his messenger if you look at the statement which is in the chapter heading which is ad-dinu an-nasiha that religion is nasiha does it mean that that our religion only includes nasiha no our religion includes many many things the deen iman requires many things but of the things that are part of iman or of the things that our deen demands from us is nasiha Then why is it said ad-dinu an-nasiha religion is nasiha to show how important nasiha is in our religion to show how important it is in our deen this is just like the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said al-hajju arafa does it mean that hajj is only the day of arafa no if a person only goes and stands at arafa is his hajj complete no then what does it mean by al-hajju arafa that arafa The ritual of Arafah is the most important one. It shows how very important it is. So similarly, al-nasiha is a major part of our deen. It's a major requirement of our deen. It's a major part of iman. Al-nasiha to who? Lillahi wa li-rasulihi wa li-a'immati al-muslimina wa ammatihim. To all. Nasiha, well-wishing for who? For everyone. for Allah his messenger for the deen and in the narration of Imam Muslim we also learn that nasiha to also the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his kitab meaning to the Quran this shows to us that our deen teaches us that we should have well wishing for everyone that we should want good for others this deen of ours it creates positive feelings in a person not negative that people should become merciful kind generous and not selfish and not oppressive and we see that the most deserving of our nasiha is who first of all allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also his messenger but if you think about it 
Does Allah need our nasiha? Does the Messenger ﷺ need our nasiha? No. They don't require well-wishing from us. Because whether we well-wish for them or not, we cannot harm Allah and His Messenger. For example, if you're not sincere to a person, if you don't want good for them, can you harm them? Yes, you can. But can a person harm Allah and His Messenger? They cannot. So what is meant by nasiha for Allah and His Messenger? This is well-wishing for who? Sincerity for who? The deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nasiha for Allah and His Messenger means obeying Allah and obeying the Messenger. Because if you think about it, nasiha, what is it? It is to want good. Right? For who? For the other. To be sincere to the other. Nusr. To be sincere to the other. Tawbatan nasuha. Sincere repentance. So it is to want good for the other genuinely. So when is a person genuine to Allah and His Messenger? When is he sincere to them? When he will be obedient to them. So nasiha to Allah and His Messenger is being obedient to Allah and His Messenger. Similarly, nasiha to Allah is that when a person worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does so with khudur, with fear, with humility. And that he has hope of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's reward and fear of his punishment. Similarly, nasiha to Allah means that a person prefers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above everyone else. Above everyone else. He gives Allah the highest priority. And the verse that is mentioned over here in the chapter heading, إِذَا نَصْحُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ This is a verse of Surah Tawbah in which we learn the only case where people are allowed to stay away from going out in the way of Allah is when there's a genuine reason preventing them, such as weakness or illness, or not having the means to go. But what's the condition? That even at that time, they should have nusr for Allah and His Messenger. They should want good, meaning they should have sincerity. They should otherwise be obedient to Allah and His Messenger. إِذَا نَصَحُوا لِلَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ What does it mean? That they should otherwise be obedient to Allah and His Messenger. So, نُصْحُ to Allah, to His Messenger, means obedience. إِطَاعَةً Then, in the hadith, in this chapter heading, we also learn that نَصِيحَ for also who? لِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ For the leaders of the Muslims. أَئِمَّةِ is a plural of? Imam. So how can a person have well-wishing for the leaders of the Muslims? How? And by the way, the leader does not just mean the president or the khalifa, but it means any kind of imam. Whether he is someone who is leading you in prayer, or he's teaching you or addressing you, what does it mean by well-wishing for them? Hmm? For example, obeying them. If they command you, if they instruct you to do something, obeying them. What else? Helping them in their tasks. Yes. Respecting them. What else? All of this is included in well-wishing. I'm asking you more examples so that we can have a clear understanding because only then can we do amal on this. That if you feel they need improvement somewhere, advise them. Don't just talk bad about them behind their back. No, advise them, correct them in the best way, in the most respectful way. Follow their rules, that whatever rules, whatever principles they have set, observe them. What else? Supporting them. Similarly, having positive thinking about them. Husnullah. Right? Husnullah about them. This is also very, very important. This is a part of nasiha for the leaders. And then nasiha for who else? For the common Muslims. For all people. How can we have nasiha for the common Muslims? What does it mean by that? So for example, you want them to be guided because you want the best for them. When a person is well wishing for the other, he wants the best for them. So when you want the best for other Muslims, you want them to be guided. You want them to have ilm. You want them to be educated. So you want good for them. 
So teaching them, guiding them, benefiting them, helping them. All of this is included in nasiha with who? The amma of the Muslims. What else is included? How can you show that you are well-wishing for those who are around you, for the sisters who are with you? How can we show that? By not harming them, by protecting them from what could harm them, whether it is our tongue or it is our actions or it is our behavior, being merciful with them, right? helping them, being kind with them. You love for them what you love for yourself. You dislike for them what you dislike for yourself. So this is nasiha for who? For the common Muslims. Now, if you think about it, is it possible for us to have nasiha at the same level for every single person? It's not possible. Because we're human beings and people are related to us in a different way. Isn't it so? The way your sister is related to you, the way your child is related to you, a stranger is not related to you in that way. But it doesn't mean that just because we don't know someone, just because they're not as close to us, we are not well-wishing for them. We should also have nasiha for those Muslims that we don't even know, that we do not even you know, meet with on a regular basis, that perhaps we have never ever met. Now think about it. Those Muslims whom we come across every day, every other day, okay, we can show well-wishing to them in some way or the other. But what about those whom we don't even interact with? Those whom uh, we don't even see, who we don't even meet. How can we have well-wishing for them? For example, making dua for them, making dua for their guidance, for their protection, for their safety, for their success in dunya and akhirah. Okay, so for example, if they are in difficulty, then helping them in that difficulty. So if they need food or clothing or financial assistance, helping them in that situation, sponsoring them, having positive supposition about them, giving salam to them. Tahaddu, tahabu. So there are many ways of showing nasiha for those Muslims that we don't even know. One thing that I'd like to mention over here is that as mothers, right, or as women, generally we are very, very concerned about our own children, our own families. Isn't it so? And we want the best for our children. We don't want their education to be compromised. We don't want their, you know, akhlaq or their upbringing or anything like that to be compromised at all. So many times it happens that we devote ourselves fully and completely to them, which is good. However, Think about it, that if we spend all of our time on our own families only, then what about the rest of the children? What about the rest of the community? I remember a time came when I was discussing with my mother that I feel like homeschooling my child. I want to spend my time with him and I want to teach him and I feel that he has the ability and I can I can really you know, teach him stuff. She said, why are you concerned about your own child only? Think about other children as well. Think about other children as well. And think about it. At this time, like if I gave all of my time and all of my attention to only my child, would I be benefiting the rest of the people? It doesn't mean I have to deprive my child. No, he is in good hands, alhamdulillah, and I trust his teachers. And I'm very glad that they're the ones who are teaching him. However, I have where I am concerned for him, I should also be concerned for the rest of the Muslim community. I should also be concerned for the rest of the children because I can keep my child in my house and teach him all the good things, but the moment he steps out of the house, aren't other people going to influence him? Of course. So if I want good for my child, I want good for the rest of the community as well. This is why nasiha, not just for your own family, but for all of the Muslims. Because the Muslims are like one body, isn't it? When you are concerned about your body, 
Are you only concerned about, let's say, your hand or your foot or just one part of your body? No. If you give attention to only one part and neglect the rest, isn't the rest going to get affected? And isn't that going to affect the part that you're trying to protect? Of course it will. So whenever, you know, it happens to us that whenever we see a problem anywhere, we become selfish and we say, okay, forget it. You know, I'm only going to worry about myself. The thing is that we need to worry about the entire Muslim community. We need to worry about all of them. This is nasiha for all of the Muslims. That if you don't stop the wrong outside, then eventually it's going to affect you as well. Eventually it's going to enter your house as well. And the thing is that we cannot live isolated lives. Our religion is such that we are supposed to have community. I mean, every Friday, all the Muslims are together together in a bigger gathering and pray together. So as your children grow up, aren't they going to go to those gatherings? Of course they will. And when they go there, who's going to teach them the proper etiquette? Who? Is it other children who are going to be influencing them to do bad things? I don't want that. So if I want good for my child, I have to want good for the rest of the children as well. They need righteous company too. They also need righteous company. And the thing is that every single person does not have every skill in this world. Isn't it? For example, I could have the ability to help older women, but my skill of teaching younger children, not good. I know that for myself. But I know that other people have that skill, right? So why don't we all pull in together, join our efforts so that everyone can benefit. Everyone can take benefit from everyone else. Well wishing for the entire Muslim community. And then we see over here that there are darajat as well. Where we are supposed to have nasiha for all of the Muslim community, there are also darajat. Darajat in the sense that those who are closest to you, definitely require more nasiha from you as opposed to those who are farther away from you. But it doesn't mean that you neglect those who are away from us. حدثنا مسدد قال حدثنا يحيى عن إسماعيل قال حدثني قيس بن أبي حازم عن جرير بن عبد الله قال he said بايعت I pledged allegiance to who? رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم على upon إقام الصلاة establishing the salah وإيتاء الزكاة and giving the zakah وَالنُّصْحِ and well-wishing لِكُلِّ مُسْلِمْ for every single Muslim. When he became a Muslim, who? Jarir ibn Abdullah, he pledged allegiance to the Prophet ﷺ and he promised that he would do certain things. And what were they? Performing the salah, giving the zakah, and also having well-wishing for every single Muslim. If you think about it, performing the salah, this is well-wishing to who? Nasiha to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Giving the haqq of Allah. Right? Obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ita is zakah. This is nasiha to who? To who? To the people. And then, وَالنُّصْحِ لِكُلِّ Muslim, Every single Muslim, whether rich or poor, whether needy or not needy. Those whom you come across or those whom you do not come across. Those who are related to you or those who are not related to you. Every single Muslim. So we see that well-wishing to every Muslim is what? A part of iman. And it is also an act of worship. Because what is this mentioned with iqam salati Wa is zakah. So establishing the salah, giving the zakah, well-wishing to every Muslim, these are all acts of worship. Because you are obeying Allah, you're worshiping Allah. Nasiha is what? Wanting good. Right? Wanting good. That whatever someone's haq is, you give that haq. That you please them. So Allah's haq is that He should be worshipped. 
Then it ties zakah. Have ultimately the nasihah with people as well. When you meet together in the salah congregation and you pay zakah, it indirectly has the nasihah for of people. Of course, very true. That one way through which we can have nasihah for all Muslims, even those that we don't know, is by presenting a good image of Islam. Because when we go out anywhere, people know us to be Muslims. We're not just representing ourselves only. People are looking at who? The entire Muslim community. It's as though you are representing the entire Muslim community. So if you are good, if you behave well, if you do what you're supposed to, then it's in a way your nasiha for who? For all of the Muslims, for all of the Muslim community. حدثنا أبو النعمان قال حدثنا أبو عوانة عن زياد بن علاقة قال سمعت I heard جرير بن عبد الله جرير بن عبد الله يقول he was saying يوم on the day when مات المغيرة مغيرة ابن شعبة the day that he passed away مات he passed away who passed away المغيرة ابن شعبة مغيرة ابن شعبة was a companion of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he was appointed as the Hakim the ruler of Kufa, at the time when Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu was the Khalifa. So Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu was the Khalifa and Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah, he was appointed as a ruler of Kufa. So he was a ruler, but he passed away. When he passed away, on that day, Jarir ibn Abdullah qama, he stood up. He stood up where? On the mimbar, on the pulpit, in the masjid. And why would a person stand up on the pulpit in the masjid? To address the people. And remember, at that time, the masajid were not just places of worship, but there were also places where gatherings were, you know, took place and also people would learn knowledge. They were like institutes. He stood up over there to address the people. And how did he begin his address? فَحَمِدَ اللَّهَ وَأَثْنَى عَلَيْهِ Hamida, He praised. Allah, Allah, وَأَثْنَى And he sent thana, meaning he praised, he glorified. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa athna alayhi wa qala and he said and this teaches us the proper etiquette at the beginning of any address what should be done Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be praised if you think about it the Quran also begins with alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen the salah also begins with the hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the thana of Allah wa qala and he said alaykum bittiqa'illahi upon you meaning you must have be with ittiqa'illahi, having taqwa of Allah. Meaning you must have taqwa of Allah. Wahdahu, him alone. La sharika lah. La, not sharika, any partner, lahu for him. You must have taqwa of Allah, the one who has no partner. And you must also have walwaqari. And you must also have waqar. How did I translate waqar? Dignity. Hmm? And also was sakina. Sakina meaning tranquility, peace, calmness. Hatta until yatiyakum amirun. Your leader comes to you. Until your leader comes to you, you must have waqar and sakina. You must stay calm, you must stay composed, and you must be dignified in the way that you behave, in the way that you consult one another. Why did Jarir ibn Abdullah said this to the people. The people of Kufa, they were known to be very emotional. Anything happened and they would react very emotionally. And we see that many major incidents of Islamic history took place in the city, around the city, or because of the people of the city. Hmm? So imagine their leader passed away. 
Mughira bin Sharba passed away. Obviously, you can imagine how people would be reacting. Okay, this person should be appointed the leader. No, that person should be appointed the leader. You never know. Those people would have come up with any leader themselves without even consulting the Khalifa. It wouldn't be surprising if they did something like that. And you can imagine that if the leader is dead, what kind of chaos the people can fall into? Isn't it so? There can be division amongst people. There can be, you know, people can be confused. Strife, you know, for power, power struggles. Many problems could happen at that time. So Jareed ibn Abdullah, because he was well-wishing to the people, he stood up and he advised the people. And he advised them to remain calm until their leader would come. فَإِنَّمَا So indeed not but يَأْتِيكُمُ الْآنِ He is coming to you just now. Meaning he's almost here. He should be here anytime. And who was the leader that was sent to them? We see that Amir Muawiyah, he sent their next leader and it said that his name was Ziyad. So he was on his way. So until the next leader came, Jarir ibn Abdullah, he advised the people, stay calm, فَإِنَّمَا يَأْتِيكُمُ الْآنِ ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, اِسْتَعْفُوا لِأَمِيرِكُمْ Don't forget your leader who has passed away. Seek forgiveness. For who? For your leader. Don't forget him. Seek forgiveness for him. And what it means by istarfu is that seek afu. Seek pardon, forgiveness. From who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also from one another. Ask Allah to forgive him and ask each other to forgive him as well. Because a person, he needs forgiveness from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well as people. Because We are human beings and as human beings, what do we do? We fall short in our duty to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we also fall short in our duty to who? To people. Our mistakes, our sins are sometimes against Allah and also against people. So when someone has passed away, we need to seek Allah's forgiveness for them and we also need to seek other people's forgiveness for them. Meaning we should tell other people to forgive them. We should request them to forgive them. Remember when a young boy... He was at the verge of dying, but his ruh was as though not leaving him and he was in a lot of pain. So the people, they brought his case to the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ inquired about him and the mother was very upset with the son, isn't it? So he requested the mother to forgive him, but she refused initially and then eventually she did forgive him. So just imagine the wrong that we have done to people can affect us at the time of our death and even afterwards. This is why it's necessary that when a person has passed away, we beg Allah to forgive him and we also beg each other to forgive him. That he's gone. It's over now. Pardon him, forgive him. Want good for him. Have some well-wishing for him. So, istarfu li amirikum. Because when a person has gone, can they seek forgiveness from you now? No. Once they have passed away, they cannot. So if you're really sincere to them, If you really want good for them, then ask other people to forgive them. فَإِنَّهُ For indeed he كَانَ He was يُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَ He used to love عَفْوَ Pardon. This may refer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but in the context it seems more strong that it refers to Mughira ibn Sharba. That he used to love to forgive. So when he was so forgiving, you should also be forgiving to him. He forgave us. And you should also forgive him. He is God now. فَإِنَّهُ كَانَ يُحِبُّ الْعَفْوَةِ ثُمَّ قَالَ Then he said, أَمَّا بَعْدُ As for after, فَإِنِّي So indeed I. 
He commanded me certain things that I had to perform. And what are they? Those actions which are a part of Islam. So sharata alayya meaning sharata alayya al-Islam. A condition for me that I must observe Islam properly. So for example, salah, zakah, so on and so forth. But along with that, wal-nusri. And he also commanded me. He also made a, set a condition for me that I must have a nusr well wishing for who? Likulli Muslimin, for every single Muslim. So when I became a Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ told me, he made me promise that I would observe all the pillars, right? And also have well wishing for who? All of the Muslims. So I pledged allegiance to him upon this, for this. And then he said, Warabbi, by the Lord of Hadal Masjid, this masjid. This masjid, which masjid is that? the one that he was standing in, addressing the people. And some have said that هذا masjid it's also possible that he's referring to the Kaaba, right? The Bayt al-Haram. And هذا masjid perhaps he pointed towards that. Perhaps he pointed in the direction of the Qibla when he was addressing the people. So he was swearing by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Rabb of the masjid. And this is a fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of every single masjid because he is Rabbul Alameen. So, وَرَبِّ هَذَا الْمَسْجِدِ إِنِّي لَنَاصِحٌ لَكُمْ Indeed, surely I am well wishing to you. ثُمَّ اسْتَغْفَرَ Then he sought forgiveness and وَنَزَلَ And he descended, meaning he descended from the pulpit. This was the well wishing of who? Jarir ibn Abdullah. To who? Mughira ibn Shurba. As well as the Muslim community. As well as the Muslim community. This was his well wishing to Allah and also His Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How that we see well wishing to Allah? Where can we see that in this hadith? Alaykum bittiqaillah. Well wishing to the Messenger. Where can we learn that? Whatever he learned from the Messenger, he passed it on. Whatever he pledged allegiance for, he passed that on. He didn't keep that to himself. Well wishing to the leader of the Muslims, Mughira ibn Shurba. He was the leader. He passed away. He asked the people to seek forgiveness for him and also forgive him. And nasiha for all of the Muslims. How did he show that? When he stood up at that time, when it could be a, a time of fitna, he stood up, he calmed the people down and he advised them. And whatever knowledge he had, he shared it with them. So this is well wishing to Allah, His Messenger, the leaders of the Muslims as well as the common Muslims. And if you think about it, this hadith, Imam Bukhari has mentioned it at the end of Kitabul Iman. At the end of Kitabul Iman. And it's the hadith right before Kitabul Ilm. Hmm? What's the connection over here? Well wishing for every Muslim, how? It comes from Iman, okay? And Amal, and that's based on knowledge. And one of the best ways through which you can have nasiha for all people is by imparting knowledge to them. And we see that Imam Bukhari, 
he has narrated the most authentic ahadith and this was his well wishing this was his nasiha he could have passed on all of those ahadith even those that were weak that he knew about but he chose the very best the most authentic ones if you think about it in the chapter heading even he mentioned a hadith which is authentic but does not meet the strict conditions of authenticity near him he doesn't narrate that hadith but he narrates others this was his well wishing he passed on that knowledge that if we show our well wishing to other people by for example helping them by for example giving them food or drink or anything that's just of benefit to them in this world but if you impart knowledge to them then you're benefiting them for a much much longer time its benefit is long lasting in this dunya and also in the akhirah and we see that just as jarir ibn abdullah he stood up and he addressed the people and he advised them hmm? Imam Bukhari also, he imparted the knowledge. And then we see that he requested the people to seek forgiveness for their leader. And then at the end of his speech, he sought for istaghfara and nazala. So similarly, Imam Bukhari also, he concluded the chapter, nazala. But in a way, he's hinting, seek forgiveness for me as well. Seek forgiveness for me as well. So he was well-wishing to us, and our well-wishing towards him should be that we also make dua for him. Yes. The way you tried, it was not that appropriate. So, so learn from your mistakes and move on. Mm-hmm. It happens sometimes that yeah. you want good for the other person, but they misunderstand you, yes. or it doesn't come out right. Learn from your mistakes, improve yourself, and move on. Seek forgiveness. And we see that in order to have nasiha for other people, do you need ilm for that? You need ilm for that. So iman. Once you have iman, you must have nasiha for others. Nasiha for Allah, that you obey Allah. But how can you obey Allah? How can you worship Him if you don't know? Nasiha for the Messenger, you follow His Sunnah. How can you do that if you don't know? Nasiha for the leaders, how can you correct them? How can you advise them if you don't know? Nasiha for the general Muslims, how can you benefit them? How can you help them if you don't know? So Iman demands Nasiha from us. And Nasiha can only be done when a person has ilm. And this is why it is important that we must study Kitabul Ilm as well. That the Prophet ﷺ was the one who had the most well-wishing for the people. And because of that, he imparted all the knowledge. Therefore, it's necessary that we benefit from this knowledge and also pass it on to others. And benefit from this knowledge can only be possible if we study it. Inshallah, we'll conclude over here. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.